Hey everybody, welcome to The Wake Up for Wednesday, August 5th, 2020. Here's what's happening in the entertainment industry, media biz, and social platforms with a, well, a huge day, so bear with me. As Disney made huge headlines, both good and bad, a Whitney Houston biopic lands at Sony, the New York Times updates their revenue and subscriber counts, and a Who's the Boss reboot? Yeah, that seems about right for 2020. Plus, of course, a check-in with my favorite non-alcoholic brew, Athletic Brewing. And a busy day in trailers, with Amazon dropping an extended three-minute trailer for season two of The Boys, which uh, definitely ramps up the action, but definitely keeps the attitude as Aya Cash from You're the Worst joins the cast. I'm just trying to help. Really? How? We are in a war, but we can fight back with an army of supermen, millions strong. No, don't be a pussy. Laser my fucking tits. One, two, three, hit it! That one comes to Amazon Prime just in time for Labor Day weekend on September 4th. And over at Netflix, they answer the question, what if one flew over the cuckoo's nest met American Horror Story? As they drop the trailer for Ryan Murphy's new series, Ratchet, which centers on one of cinema's most infamous nurses in a late 1940s setting. With Sarah Paulson playing Nurse Ratchet, that drops on September 18th on Netflix. Links to both trailers are, of course, in the episode notes. And now over to Hollywood. Disney, of course, dominated the news yesterday, as expected, with a lot of updates that I'll lay out here. But there's also really a lot of important context to understand around them. So I'm either going to put that into a separate podcast this afternoon, which you will get in your feeds. Just remember to hit subscribe to this podcast and it downloads automatically. Or I may put it into a post on LinkedIn. So uh, connect with me, your host and producer, Sean McNulty. It's uh, spelled like it sounds. Uh, You know what? I'll just put a link to my page in the episode show notes and you can connect with me there. Anyway, on with the countdown. Disney Plus now has just over 60 million paying subscribers worldwide. That's up 6 million in the past three months. For comparison's sake, Netflix added 10 million subscribers in roughly the same time period. So, getting closer. Disney Plus has now reached the minimum level of subscribers that they hope to have within five years in an eight-month time frame. Elsewhere, Hulu now has 35.5 million U.S. subscribers. That includes 3.4 million who also pay for the Hulu Live cable TV streaming bundle. That is only up 200,000 subscribers in the past six months. And ESPN Plus now has 8.5 million subs, a growth of 100% from last June. Thanks, UFC. Oh, and uh, Disney also casually mentioned that they're going to make Mulan available to rent on Disney Plus for 30 bucks starting on Labor Day weekend. Take that, tenant. So only people who pay 7 bucks a month for Disney Plus can access that additional $30 rental, which kind of makes HBO Max's Seth Rogen movie American Pickle look uh, like much more of a bargain this week. As for the overall picture at Disney, though, revenue was down 42% in the second quarter versus last year, with theme parks alone taking a $3.5 billion hit. Again, more importance and context for all of this over on my LinkedIn page this afternoon, or possibly another podcast episode and a special afternoon wake up, uh, the nap. I gotta work on this name thing. Elsewhere, the country's third largest movie theater chain, Cinemark, announced their earnings, which were about as dismal as you might think. Revenues went from $958 million in the second quarter last year to about $90,000 of theatrical revenue in the second quarter of this year. They also had a non-statement on the whole Universal AMC Theater's 17-day window thing. 
Their CEO didn't come out and say, uh, no way, Jose, because that's something that people still say, uh, but more that they believe the exclusive theatrical window was critically important, while also saying that conversations with studios are always ongoing and open, so who knows. MGM has picked up a musical version of Cyrano with Peter Dinklage in the titular role. It'll be directed by Atonement and Darkest Hour director Joe Wright, according to Deadline. Haley Bennett will play Roxanne, reprising the role from a stage performance she did with Dinklage back in 2018. And Sony Pictures won a bidding war for I Want to Dance with Somebody. That's a biopic of Whitney Houston and not my subpar attempt at karaoke. The movie's going to be written by Anthony McCartan, who also did Bohemian Rhapsody, so you can see what Sony is thinking on this one. They're also thinking Thanksgiving 2022 is a great release date. Stella Meggie, who directed the photograph at Universal, will direct here as well. Clive Davis and Houston's estate will also be deeply involved. Over in the TV... We'll stick with Sony, whose TV group signed Tony Danza and Alyssa Milano for a Who's the Boss reboot. That'll be overseen by Norman Lear, whose company Embassy produced the original. Judith Light and Danny Pintoro may also be involved in some capacity, but uh, still TBD. Although Catherine Hellmond, who played Mona, died last year. Sony's now shopping the project, which features a retired Tony and single mom Samantha living in the original house from the series, according to Deadline. Sony TV is also offering the 196 episodes of the show that were produced over eight seasons to sweeten the deal. Over at Netflix, Adam McKay and Amy Adams are reteaming for a limited series called Kings of America. It tells intertwining stories of three women whose personal narratives interact with Walmart. Did not see that one coming. A Walmart heiress, a maverick executive, and a saleswoman and preacher who launched a class action lawsuit against the company. McKay will direct the pilot and exec produce along with Adams, according to the trades. And in news that uh, really isn't too surprising when you think about it, Chip and Joanna Gaines will be restarting their Fixer Upper series for their upcoming Discovery Cable Network, Magnolia, whose success they have a financial stake in when it launches in 2021 TBD, according to the trades. The show previously ended in 2018 as the number one unscripted show on cable after a five-season run. Next up, over to the media biz and social platforms. With Condé Nast looking to hit the eject button on their One World trade lease, the New York Times updates their revenue and subscriber numbers and a look at the audience numbers for that Axios Trump interview. Plus, today's pop quiz. How many live viewers per episode did Who's the Boss average over its eight-season run on ABC? I'll give you an over-under of uh, 25 million viewers. Remember, there were basically just three networks at the time. The answer, after a break for a non-alcoholic beer from Athletic Brewing gonna go ahead and ask what you had to drink with lunch yesterday and if it was a water i mean uh, not such a great look for so early in the week and if it was a soda well you definitely know better but how about a nice cold beer a crisp refreshing and all-around just delightful addition to your work from home afternoon athletic makes great varietals for a summer's day from ipas to golden ales to lagers all of which only have 50 to 70 calories and they ship to all 50 states so go to athleticbrewing.com shop and the shipping is free when you get just two six packs or more that's athleticbrewing.com slash shop. The direct link, as always, is right at the bottom of the episode show notes. And now the answer to today's pop quiz. According to Deadline, Who's the Boss averaged 33 million viewers an episode over its eight-year run on ABC. Never underestimate the appeal of Danza in his prime. Now over to the media biz and social platforms. 
the New York Times reported that digital revenue has now exceeded print revenue at the company for the first time ever, which is a good thing because print advertising revenue decreased 55% in the second quarter versus one year ago. However, the Times added 670,000 total paying digital subscribers in the second quarter. 4.4 million people now pay for a monthly digital subscription to the New York Times. Another 1.3 million pay for a smaller subscription to things like cooking or the crosswords. And 800,000 people still subscribe to what's called a uh, print version of the Times. In terms of how this all affects, uh, you know, money, overall second quarter revenue was down 7.5%, which would have been a lot worse without the digital subscriptions, whose revenue was up 8% because total advertising revenue was down 43% in the second quarter, proving once again that the choice to put up a digital paywall saved the New York Times. Over at Condé Nast, they're apparently trying to break or reduce the lease on their One World Trade Center office space, according to Variety. Unfortunately, the lease still has about 20 years on it. But Condé is looking at all options, including a total buyout at a smaller percentage of the total cost due and uh, getting the hell out of there. It also looks like the layoffs at NBCU have begun this week as expected, and the number looks to be in the thousands, up to about 3,000 people across all divisions, according to the Wall Street Journal. But still no concrete details out there yet, and the rumored layoffs at Warner Media may come starting as early as next week. And I'm sure you've heard and also likely seen Axios' newsmaking interview with Trump on the Axios HBO show Monday night, although chances are you didn't see it on HBO. The audience for the linear HBO airing was 136,000 viewers. However, the interview has 8 million views on HBO's free YouTube page thus far, and over 40 million across all social media platforms. Now, just imagine if all that buzz was associated with HBO Max instead. I mean, HBO, YouTube, and Facebook views are great, and I'm sure those independent platforms are thankful for the free traffic. But when you're searching for buzzworthy content to get some traction for the product that's the future of your company, not to mention during a production shutdown, uh, just a thought. And just one new programming note today. Big Brother All-Stars. I always forget you can't see my air quotes on a podcast. Uh, anyway, that debuts tonight on CBS with a two-hour live episode. Uh, that's at 9 p.m. And Alanis Morissette released her first new album in eight years last week called Such Pretty Forks in the Road, which has some pretty great tracks on it. So let's go out with one of those today called Smiling. And you know what would make me smile? A five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, but seriously, this thing could really use some more ratings and reviews. So if you would, I'd really appreciate it. And thanks to everybody for their continued support for this free podcast. Have a great day, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow.